to get your pitch on. Costa into Azad! Oh, he scores! This is Soccer Weekly. Your best look at the latest news and information from leagues around the world. Now, here's Dave Denholm. Where have you gone, my LA Galaxy? Soccer Weekly, Dave Denholm with you here on ESPN LA 710, back and better than ever, baby. Brought to you by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. And I'm so pumped to be here with you, the great Mario Rees in control, producing this show. Jesse Lopez running the uh, man in the controls here. He's going to take us all the way. We are a full hour on Wednesdays here on ESPN LA 710, and I am so pumped that the uh, the suits here made the mistake of giving me the full hour. I appreciate that, though. Thank you so much to them, and we are going to take full advantage of it. You want to hit me up on Twitter? A good way to interact with the show on Twitter is at Talk Soccer. Yeah, makes it easy. And, uh, yeah, appreciate all, all your input throughout the show. We will be taking phone calls. This is a show that's going to be interactive because you, the soccer fan here in Southern California and around the United States deserve it. You deserve the opportunity to talk the beautiful game and we will most certainly do that. If you want to follow me on Instagram, we'll have updates there occasionally as well. Dave underscore Denholm. Dave underscore Denholm, spelled like my name here on Instagram if you prefer that route. I got to get right to it. Hot topics of the week on the pitch. My LA Galaxy are awful right now. There are no ways to sugarcoat that and I call them my LA Galaxy in capital letters. Because they are my team. I am the LA Galaxy, just like you, the fans of the Galaxy, are the LA Galaxy. As much as the players, as much as the front office, as much as the owner of that team, and we do love Mr. Anschutz, I am the LA Galaxy, and my team is awful right now. There are no ways to cover that up. Through eight matches, the Galaxy are pathetic. Two wins, a draw, and five losses. Coming off the one of the worst performances. They, well, defensively, it was a good performance against Philadelphia. But let me put it to you this way. You know your team is struggling when you play the worst team in all of MLS, and you're kind of like, hey, nil-nil. We, we got a draw at home. At home. Worst team in MLS. And all they were doing was looking for positives after that mess. That's how bad the season has started. For my L.A. Galaxy and your L.A. I mean, it's come on. This is not where we're used to living as Galaxy fans. And we cannot put up with that. And there is some good news about the L.A. Galaxy when it comes to this start to the 2017 season. Not much, but I'm a guy who likes to lay it out both ways. Look, I'm going to tell you the negatives, but you got to respond with some positives too if they're there. There is some good news for the L.A. Galaxy. We'll get to that, but we have to start with the bad news. And the bad news is, after eight games, the Galaxy have seven points. You know, at the beginning of the year in MLS, <laughs> I was ripping to shreds the new Minnesota United, all right? These expansion teams, they were dreadful. Just awful. Minnesota United is playing better than the Galaxy right now after only about seven or eight games. Yeah, let that sink in. I was mocking the loons, Minnesota United. And I had to apologize on Twitter for how bad the Galaxy had played because I was mocking Minnesota United early in the season. That's not good. You don't want to be living there. That's not where you want to be living to start a season. It just is not. 
It's not acceptable. And we know this. And you know what? The good news is the Galaxy know it as well. This is a class organization, right? We can pump the brakes a little bit on the sky is falling and it's the end of the world. Yeah, they're going through some rough times to begin a season here. This is a class organization that gets it right. And I still have to trust that they're going to get it right. No matter how bad the start is, no matter how rough the the early going has been, and it's not that early, mind you, 34-game regular season, they're eight games in. Ah, but Denholm, they still got, yeah, yeah, there's time. But we're not exactly uh, two games into the season here. I mean, you're eight games in. We kind of know what we've seen right now. We They've proven themselves. And they've proven themselves to be unacceptably bad so far. And yes, that's unacceptable. But this is an organization that gets it. And I have to have some confidence going forward with this team. Look, Bruce Arena leaves us high and dry to take the U.S. men's national team job. Fine. No question Bruce Arena needed to go take that job. We love Bruce as the U.S. national team manager, right? But that hurts when he leaves the Galaxy. Remember, he was general manager and manager. Bruce had all the power, or most of it anyway, in terms of player personnel. That's a big hole to fill. It's much like Doc Rivers when he's going to leave the Clippers, whether it's this offseason or event. When you give somebody that much power, like Doc Rivers or Bruce Arena, that is a gaping hole to fill. And that takes some time. The Galaxy did their best to maintain some status quo, right? They, they bring up Kurt Anolfo from Galaxy 2, and then they hire Pete Vianes, who's been in the organization for a long time as the GM. But it still is going to take some time. Those are not excuses for bad play, mind you. Those are just the facts. The Galaxy have played horrifically on the pitch. They have. Nobody can deny that. They've scored eight goals in eight games. They got one win at home from five games. I mean, come on. Totally unacceptable. And it comes down to a couple of key things for why the Galaxy have struggled so mightily, doesn't it? For me, it's it's two or three at most. You can nitpick a few other things, but these things are so glaring that you have to jump on them. And the first one is, and these aren't necessarily in order, the first one is you brought in Joao Pedro, and I'm not trying to pile on the guy. Here's the thing about Portugal. You buy a player from Portugal, you pay the exact amount he's worth. Portugal does not get ripped off in the transfer market. The Portuguese teams are legendary for getting top dollar, right? So you go over to Portugal, and you're scouting a guy, and a Portuguese team says, yeah, he's a million and a half euros or pounds or whatever. Guess what? You're getting a guy who's only worth a million and a half, if that. Portuguese teams don't give people sales merchandise when it comes to transfers. They're not cutting you a break. Joao Pedro is worth exactly what the Galaxy paid him, and he hasn't even proven that yet on the pitch. He has been lost. Now, he's not the only guy struggling, but it's a big factor. When you're trying to replace... Robbie Keane, Landon Donovan. And you bring in Joao Pedro, he better be good. Now, Roman Alessandrini has been very good. Another pickup for the front office. Let's not forget that. We can't pile on exclusively because they made a great move with him. The Frenchman comes in in the midfield and he's been electric. But Joao Pedro has been a big problem 
with Jermaine Jones trying to get comfortable in the midfield. Okay? You know what the next biggest problem is? And it is the biggest problem for the LA Galaxy? Giovanni Dos Santos. Now let's pull that apart a bit. Is Giovanni Dos Santos playing his guts out every night when he goes out and plays? Yes. The dude is is working his butt off. It's just not working yet. Will it? Yes, he's too good for it to last. He's in a slump. It happens. But when a guy like Giovanni Dos Santos is in a slump, the Galaxy are going to be in a slump. That's why you pay him the big money you pay him as a DP. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776 is the number for you to get involved here on Soccer Weekly. And as I mentioned right at the jump, this is Season 2. This is Episode 1 of Season 2. And it is going to be much more interactive. They've extended it to a full hour here. Once again, thank you to the leadership here at at ESPN Los Angeles, ESPN LA 710. It is now your opportunity to come on in and uh, share your disgust over the LA Galaxy. And tell your friends, tell all your soccer buddies, this is the place on Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. And we're going to be doing that all throughout the season here. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. You want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at TalkSoccer. What in the world has gone wrong with my and your L.A. Galaxy? Already got Oscar tweeting in, LAFC will become the new L.A. team from what I'm seeing. Bite your tongue, Oscar! Take that back! That hurts, man. And that's what scares me, Oscar. It's keeping me up at night, brother, because you're not necessarily wrong. I don't know, Dave. Those hats are pretty sick. Mario, those hats are sick. (laughs) I got so many guys, and, you know, look, I'm an old man, but I got so many guys I work with over Fox Soccer, whatever. These kids, right? These PAs and these assistants running around with that LAFC gear. I don't care if they like Arsenal or Lanus down in South America or they like uh, Stinking Club America. They're all wearing the LAFC gear. And that's scary, man. It's not something to take lightly, Mario. It really isn't because you're right. The gear is sick. My nephew's a longtime Galaxy fan. Guess what he got for Christmas? Oh, no. LAFC no! hat. No! That's what I'm saying. I threw up in my mouth a little bit there. Yes, exactly, Jesse. Exactly right. Give him the buzzer. But, Oscar, you might be right. That's what scares me. I'm so scared. Champions League rolling. We got to talk Galaxy. 877-710-ESPN. Also, Cristiano Ronaldo is good at soccer. Unbelievably good. I'm Dave Dunholm. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly continues with the latest news and analysis from the pitch on ESPN LA 710. Here's Dave Denholm. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Dave Denholm with you. Hanging out. We go to the top of the hour here. Soccer Weekly presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. What in the world is going on with my and your LA Galaxy? This is not early. This is not too early to panic, okay? We don't mess around. Some good news to tell you about with the Galaxy, right? Seattle. The dreaded Seattle Sounders. I hate them. It's hard for me to even utter those words over these glorious airwaves. Hate the Sounders. Seattle was terrible to start the season last year. 
they won MLS Cup. Right? So I wanted to do a comparison, a side-by-side, if you will, because I remember, yeah, Seattle was awful. They got Nico Lodero, fantastic player. He made all the difference about midway through the season. Boom. Seattle wins the Cup. Now, last season, Seattle Sounders, after eight games, three wins and a draw from eight. Galaxy, two wins and a draw from eight. We're a little behind that pace, but it can be done. Take heart if they can get this squared away. Now, I want to talk to you about what Kurt Onolfo said. Some interesting stuff from Kurt about this Galaxy team after that miserable draw with Philadelphia. A nil-nil draw at StubHub Center. And one thing I don't love about what Kurt Anolfo had to say was this first bite. Let's play that one, shall we? I thought we thoroughly outplayed the opponent, possessed the ball well, moved the ball well, created plenty of goal-scoring chances. Um, If one of those goes in early, it's a totally different game. But over the course of the game, I thought we performed and were the better team and, and fell short in terms of getting three points. Kurt, last time I checked in sports, you don't outplay your opponents. You outscore them. I don't want to hear this. I thought we outplayed them. That's baby steps. That's like uh, looking for a silver lining where there isn't any. You drew nil-nil with the worst team in the league at home. You come up to the microphone and you tell the media, we are terrible right now. This is the L.A. Galaxy. We don't look for silver linings against the worst team in the league. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number for you to get involved. Champions League semifinals are in full force after leg one. Cristiano Ronaldo is good. The dude looks good. He plays good. Three goals for Real Madrid against their Madrid opponents, Atletico. At home... But that one, that tie is just about done. And then, for good measure, today, Juventus goes right after Monaco. Monaco has been scoring goals for fun this season in Europe and in the Ligue 1. Monaco's been outstanding with Mbappe and like oh, some of the uh, – oh, man, they've got so much talent. Falcao, Bernardo Silva, Joao Moutinho comes on. I mean, he comes off the bench. This is a loaded team, and Juventus' defense just locked down on them. Bonucci – was incredible. I mean, the whole defense was for Juventus. They can play D, but the thing about I like about this Juventus side is they're not just about defense. Gonzalo Higuain gets a pair, and they win on the road at Monaco 2-0. That is going to be tough. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number to get involved. You can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Follow me on Instagram, Dave underscore Denholm. We begin. We go to the phone lines here. Evan in Westlake Village is going to lead us off. Evan, you are the first caller of Season 2 of Soccer Weekly, baby. What's going on? Howdy. How are you, man? I'm good. How about you? Yeah, doing good. Loving the show. Thanking you for calling in, Evan. What's up? Nothing much. With Juventus having two away goals against Monaco and a home set coming up, yep. as well as Real Madrid, do you think that the Champions League final is sealed between Real Madrid and Juventus? Uh, yes, I do, Evan. I mean, that's not to say that Monaco Monaco has a chance against Juventus, yeah. even though at Juventus that's like going into the lion's den, right? Juve just doesn't give up goals there. So it is a mountain to climb. Atletico's done. Because Atletico against Real Madrid is going to have to come out of a shell there, and that's just 
that's a recipe for disaster for Atletico, having to come out and really go after it. Real Madrid's just going to pick them off. Monaco's got a shot. If they get the first goal on the road in early enough, you know, 15, 20 minutes in, Mbappe and Falcao, they do have the talent. I mean, they really have been scoring goal after goal this season. It's been a pleasure to watch Monaco all year long. So they have a shot. But, Evan, yes, you're right. It's set unless just miracle of miracle happens in that Monaco-Juventus return leg coming up next week. On I think it's Tuesday they play. Uh, we move on. Osvaldo in Gardena. You are next up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm on ESPN LA 710. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up? How are you doing? Good. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the Galaxy. Yep. They're stuck in the same situation where the Lakers are stuck right now. We need a leader. We need a leader. I feel like Giovanni needs to put his pants on and just take leadership of this team. And we got to get us all into one, one unit and start getting the team going. Doesn't it feel like, Osvaldo, sometimes with, the, with Giovanni, that if he gets, like, one goal, the floodgates are going to open this year, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. If he just gets that, you know, even if it's a cheap one, I don't care if it deflects in. I don't care how. The next one he scores is going to open up the floodgates. A goal is a goal. I feel like once he gets one in, everything's going to start falling into place for yep. him. The Galaxy is the team in L.A. It's the team in L.A., just like the Lakers are the team in L.A. Once someone takes the leadership of the team, everybody's going to jump right behind them. We need to get Gio as the leader of the team, as the one that has the international experience. Mm-hmm. He needs to be the one to guide us. Yeah, the LA, the he's, LAFC is coming up right now. Osvaldo, you're absolutely right, and that's it is scary. Thank you for the phone call; it's great stuff. He's absolutely right. They need that leadership now. They thought it was going to be Jermaine Jones bringing that, though. U.S. national team player, big salary, good player, but he just hasn't fit in with João Pedro in that midfield. Not yet. Not yet. Now, it could still happen, but he's, he's, 30, he's not 26 anymore. He's on the bad side of 30 and 35, and so it's a tough time. It is a struggle that you can't sugarcoat that with the Galaxy. I love my L.A. Galaxy. You love the L.A. Galaxy. Osvaldo loves the L.A. Galaxy. We've got to tell the truth. 877-710-ESPN. David is in Tarzana. You are next up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's going on, man? Hey, Dave. Glad to see that Soccer Weekly is back. Congratulations. Thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, yeah, so here's, here's my thing. The LA Galaxy are in some shambles right now, and this is horrible timing, and I'm going to tell you why. Because LAFC is setting up shop in a couple of years right up, the, uh, right up the 405. And I know so many neutral soccer fans that are already pledging towards LAFC just because of the things that Kronoffel and P. Vianus and Chris Klein are doing right now, they look at that and they say, well, that team sucks. They're in shambles. I'm, I like what LAFC is doing, and it's already creating for, you know, some, some already bad times for LA Galaxy fans and also just neutral soccer fans in Los Angeles. I know. Look, David, here's a question I have, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I liken it, and we just had Osvaldo talk about how the Galaxy are like the, the, the Lakers right now, rebuilding, looking for that identity, looking for that guy. Now, the, the Galaxy certainly have 
more potential to step up and do more than the Lakers can do right now in the NBA. The Galaxy certainly could turn this around. But I liken it to the Clippers never have taken over, right? They haven't taken over. Is it just because the Lakers have 40-plus years more history or whatever than the Galaxy? Because the Galaxy are the team when it comes to football here in L.A. for winning titles. LAFC is going to come in. They're going to get their heads beat in. The thing is, you know, you look at the you look at the blueprints for their stadium. You look at you know yeah. all the hype, all of, all the marketing that goes into LAFC is so likable, and I understand how that can attract the neutral football fan when they look at the Galaxy too. So, I mean, that's that's my biggest problem when you look at the Galaxy right now is that you know the neutral soccer fans, the neutral football fans in Los Angeles are looking at both LAFC and LA Galaxy, and they're saying, well, we like what LAFC can offer better, even though they don't have a team on the pitch right now. You're absolutely right, David. Thank you for the phone call. It's scary. I'm scared as a Galaxy fan right now. These are tenuous times, and it's not just the start of this season because of what David's talking about. The future better be now. LAFC is on the horizon. And this is not Chivas USA Part 2. Don't make that mistake. Chivas USA was a debacle and a joke from day one, and then they got good for a little while, but they still were a poorly run franchise. LAFC is not that. Don't fool yourself into thinking that. Do not fool yourself into thinking that LAFC is just going to be Chivas USA 2. Not the case. Great stuff so far. 877-710-ESPN. The number for you to get involved here on Soccer Weekly. Twitter, you can hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. We continue the conversation. I am Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly continues with the latest news and analysis from the pitch on ESPN LA 710. Here's Dave Denholm. Here's the beauty of Season 2, Episode 1 of Soccer Weekly. We roll on for 30 more minutes, baby. We're not stopping anymore. It is the full hour on Wednesdays. Yes, absolutely right. I am Dave Dunholm here at Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Back to the phones we go with Chris in Los Angeles. You are next up on Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunholm. What's going on, man? Chris. All right, we'll put him back on hold, see if he uh, pops back up. Uh, yeah, Dave, I want to talk about Juventus and defense holding down Real Madrid. Well, Chris, I think, uh, you know, it's a good call. I definitely think Juventus can do that this season with the way that uh, Bonucci is playing. Uh, you know, Chiellini is just so good. Obviously, you got Gigi in net. No question, one of the best keepers of all time. This defense is a Marquisio with the way they attack from the defensive midfield position. But the thing about Juve that I love this season, and again, they, look, they've done it in Serie A for years, right? What I love about Juve this season in Europe, first of all, is they haven't given up a goal in like six matches in Champions League. That'll get it done. But what I love is they're also able to attack and not just counterattack. What you saw Atletico do in that first half against Real Madrid is Diego Simeone decided, look, we're on the road. Let's spring the counter. Okay, I understand that makes sense against Real Madrid. All those weapons, Luka Modric is just playing so well. And, of course, the great Cristiano Ronaldo and the you know, Marcelo. You, the names are there for Real Madrid. So Diego Simeone decides we got to play some attacking or counterattacking style. Okay, problem number one with that is if you are not inch perfect quite often, you're going to get very few to no chances when you play that style. 
So when you are trying to counter as Atletico, you have to be perfect to spring yourself for chances. They didn't get enough of them. Now, Kaylor Navas had to make a couple of big saves, especially early in the first. The one in the first half was massive. The Costa Rican goalkeeper, who is phenomenal. Yeah, he had to make a big save there. He did. That was one of their few chances. And the problem becomes when you cannot be perfect on the counter, you lose the ball way too quickly, right? And all that pressure just keeps flowing right back at you if you're Real Madrid. And that's all Real did at home was just wave after wave of pressure. 3-0, and it was legit. Now, Cristiano Ronaldo is special. Okay, we get that. It's going to be tough to stop him. But those, I mean, that was legit 3-0. Real Madrid deserved every ounce of that. Taking care of business at home against Atletico. Atletico needed at least a goal. I'm not even saying Diego Simeone set his team up wrong or made the wrong decision, but you better play perfect. And you know what? Atletico Madrid has done that in the past. They are that good. Didn't happen on Tuesday. And now they found themselves essentially buried. As one of the first callers here on Soccer Weekly said, it's over. And Juventus, look, Monaco is still alive because they can score for fun. The problem is you don't score against Juventus in buckets, right? You don't score against Juventus in droves. It doesn't happen. And Juventus got the two road goals. So essentially, Monaco is going to have to score three or more. Can it be done? Yeah. Yeah, Monaco's that good offensively. However, it's like a tall task at least against Juventus. 877-710-ESPN. Your ears do not deceive you. We are talking football, baby. We are talking the beautiful game here on Wednesdays on ESPN LA 710. The children from all over America love it. We are not just the exclusive of L.A. The children from all over America. You can follow it on the ESPN app. You can find us at ESPN Los Angeles, at ESPN Los Angeles, on all the your Twitter and your Facebook and it's everywhere. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Talk Soccer. You can continue the conversation. I want to give you the soccer scoreboard right now. Had a couple of big games in MLS. Earlier on the night, Toronto FC gets two goals from Sebastian Giovinco and beats Orlando City 2-1. Orlando City have been really hot. They go on the road to Toronto, can't quite get the win. Kaká got a goal right at the end of the first half. You thought they were going to be back in the match. Never quite got back into it. Sporting KC gets a couple of goals from Dom Dwyer. They beat New York Red Bulls in Kansas City 2-0. A big win there for Sporting Kansas City. The Red Bulls kind of been a little up and down. They played some good football so far this season at times. And then, of course, in Champions League on Wednesday, Juventus, two goals from Gonzalo Higuain, and they beat up Monaco in the first leg of the UEFA Champions League semifinal, 2-0 on the road. That is a massive result. That's your soccer scoreboard. It's brought to you by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, Puente Hills Toyota.com. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Time now. For maybe my favorite portion of Soccer Weekly, it's the Toluca Pachuca updates. My two favorite League of MX teams have been busy, baby. Oh, I love that. Crank that up, yes. The Clausura going on in Liga MX. Toluca currently sitting fifth after a loss to Caretro on Sunday, 2-1. That was a tough loss, but Toluca's been playing pretty well. I'm liking what I'm seeing out of them in Clausura. They're going to be fine. Defensively, eh, you know, at times I'm not in love, 
But man, Pachuca. Pachuca sacrifices the Clausura for CONCACAF Champions League, and I love them every minute of it. Pachuca's in 10th in Clausura. Forget about it. I don't know. I don't know what Conejo Perez is. He must be seventy years old, right? Conejo Perez is seventy years old. I'm convinced, and he's still playing goalkeeper for my beloved Pachuca. But he gets a goal in stoppage time to earn the two-two draw with uh, Cruz Azul at home. Conejo Perez scores a goal that was magnificent off the header, and the dude's the goalkeeper, and he's seventy years old. That's unbelievable. Great performance there. Pachuca battling. Why was that a great performance to get a draw at home against Cruz Azul? Because Pachuca won Champions League, baby. We're going to the Club World Cup. That is right. Pachuca are champions of CONCACAF, winning the Champions League 2-1 on Agredo over Tigres. Happened last week. Francisco Jara in the 83rd minute. On the home leg, seals the deal. How about our former LA Galaxy defender Omar Gonzalez winning CONCACAF Champions League with Pachuca? I mean, this guy wins everything. MLS Cups, yeah, no problem. Let's do it. CONCACAF Champions League, no problem. Pachuca wins everything with Omar. And they win the Champions League. Next up for Pachuca, Club America coming up Saturday. Toluca takes on Santos at Santos on Sunday again. Toluca really, they got a chance here to kind of... This team, this organization is going in the right direction again. Toluca's a great club. Who are we kidding? Pachuca, though, taking down Champions League, and I loved it. I, I got to tell you, Tigres is good. Guignac is good. I mean, that team is tough. They, they were going after Pachuca for about 70 minutes of that game before, uh, who was it that got the red card? Ah, my, it's escaping me now, but uh, he lost his mind there for Tigres just momentarily. Gets a second yellow. And uh, Pizarro. Pizarro gets the second yellow, and uh, he gets sent off. So Toluca gets, or I'm sorry, Pachuca gets a big break there. And, but, you know, it was a deserved yellow, second yellow, I thought. And they go on for the, with the hotter goal in the 83rd, and yes. Pachuca is what a great way to start the Toluca Pachuca update for season two, right? We're talking about going to CONCACAF Champions League, winning that, and then going to the Club World Cup. Pachuca could very well be off to play the likes of Real Madrid in games that count. That's why I keep telling people the CONCACAF Champions League is massive. I want my LA Galaxy to get back there and win so we can play Barcelona or Bayern Munich or Real Madrid or Boca Juniors or River Plate. Yeah, I know. You can laugh a little bit about that one. Or Lanús, or Independiente, or Atletico Nacional. Whoever at the Club World Cup, that would be outstanding in games that count. Unbelievable opportunity. they got to get back there, and Pachuca has done it. And they win CONCACAF Champions League. I am so jazzed about that. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-ESPN, the number to get involved. You want to hit me up on Twitter. The conversation continues there, at Talk Soccer. Uh, we got uh, David tw- tweeting in, who's the most improved team in MLS, or most improved in MLS this year so far? Uh, it's a good question. I'll tell you who isn't. Colorado is really disappointing me. They, are, they have been a, uh, an absolute uh, mess shall we say, for me. I, I, I've not loved what they've been doing. But there's a couple of teams. I mean, MLS is kind of a tricky, it's a tough league to win. It is very difficult. You can't, every game, you go on the road and get three points, you consider yourself fortunate in Major League Soccer. You really do. It is a tough, tough league. And I'll tell you, I love what Orlando City is doing. Now, they took the loss tonight against Toronto FC, TFC. But Orlando City is really, really making strides. And the team that I like in the West on a team that's improving is Houston Dynamo. 
Kubo Torres comes back from Mexico where he kind of was banished, didn't do a whole lot, but Kubo has been dynamite for the Dynamo, no pun intended. So I like what Houston's doing. I hate Houston, but you got to give him a lot of credit. They're making tremendous strides week in and week out. 877-710-ESPN. We go to Paul, who's in Beverly Hills. You're next up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's up, Paul? Uh, Dave, first of all, thank you, and thank you, Michael Thompson, for letting us talk soccer at least once a week, because, I, I mean, it should be every day. Paul, anytime, man. Every Wednesday, come here. We will we will continue the conversation. I really appreciate it. What's on your mind, I man? Wanted say, I wanted to say I, I really look forward to Juventus-Real Madrid as the final in the Champions League. I mean, I know we still have, like you said, Monaco still has a chance. Yeah. I don't think Atletico has any chance at all. No. But that would just be, to me, a, a great display of – Probably the best defense with, uh, you know, that trio. I mean, Buffon is still, I mean, Buffon's like 100 years old and he's still like the best keeper. <laughs> You're you know? absolutely right. You know what I love about it, Paul, is you would think it's just Real Madrid de- offensively versus Juventus's defense. But I think both opposite units are very good. Real's defense was outstanding against Atletico. And Juventus can score. I mean, this is an offense that's getting a little bit better. They're really kind of coming together. I think these are the two best teams in Europe by far. I really do. And I'm not taking anything away from Monaco and taking anything away from Atletico. They've had fantastic seasons, and they deserve to be in the semifinals. But to take that next step up to the finals, I believe we're seeing the two best teams in Europe. I really do. Thank you so much for the phone call, Paul. Appreciate that. Let's go to uh, Scott right now who's in Huntington Beach. Scott, you're next up here on ESPN LA 710 Soccer Weekly. What's going on, man? Hey, Dave, uh, just want to reiterate what he just said and as far as the show being – uh, it's just outstanding to hear you guys talking about soccer and, and, and I wish it was more than once a week as well. And I just wanted to see your thoughts on, uh, what your thoughts are about youth soccer in the United States right now, boys and girls. Um, somebody that's been coaching soccer for 18 years in the youth level, just curious on to see what your thoughts were, where we're at. Well, Scott, like, hang on here. You stay with the conversation as I talk to you about this. Let's keep him up here real quick because i got a couple questions. Scott, here's my overall larger assessment. The problem with youth soccer in America is soccer in America became big business before we were any good and knew what we were doing, right? That's the first problem. So that's, mm-hmm. that's hard to get over. That's taking a lot of time. Now, I'm talking 20, 30 years, and we are slowly getting out of that. But it became massive business before we had any clue. And I mean anyone had any clue. That was a problem. So we're starting to overcome that. Here's my next problem, Scott. Our coaching is not advancing as quickly as our players are at all levels. And I mean right from the pros on down. And that is, and I'm not talking about like fun AYSO leagues where kids are having a good time. I'm talking about serious, even youth teams and serious soccer. You know what I mean. You've been in the game. You know the difference. No, absolutely. But we, our coaching is not advancing, advancing as quickly as our potential player wise. And that is holding us back. And it's the bottom line. The the problem is we're such a big country, Scott. That is a problem in this case. Trying to build a program with such a massive country, both in, in land size and in population. It is a difficult thing. I'm not trying to sit here and tell you it's going to be easy. But what what is the thing that you think is holding U.S. soccer back right okay, now? So let me tell you. So what we have such a big country, correct? So why why is it that we are held back? Let's just take men's soccer for yeah. for right now. 
uh, the, the women's, I mean, we are... We're pretty darn good. <laughs> you know, absolutely, and we are the elite of, of you know, the world. Yeah. So, but let's take men's, for for example. So why why can't you, the United States, be somewhat more competitive in the world rankings? Uh, take, um, take the Dutch. They have way more or way less... Uh, people, mm-hmm. uh, population, but why do they do well? Why? Because they have a system. They have a system that starts out at a young age, and we don't. We don't have a system that is put in place all the way across the board, I, and you're right. I, look, when you say coaching, when you point to coaching, you're right because you have just anybody and everybody that wants to be a coach step up and say yes, and then you start bringing in the business aspect of it, and you have coaches out there that should not be coaching at the youth level. Scott, I, I really appreciate that. We're going to have to move on now, but I, I want to keep this conversation going in the weeks to come. Scott in Huntington Beach is going to be a mainstay. I can feel it with some good stuff there on youth soccer in America. This is Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Denholm on ESPN LA 710-877-710-ESPN. Eric in Studio City will be first up. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Talk Soccer. We continue the conversation here on the home of soccer on the radio in Los Angeles. It's ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly continues with the latest news and analysis from the pitch on ESPN LA 710. Here's Dave Denholm. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Dave Denholm hanging out with you as we are wont to do every Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. here on the home of soccer in Los Angeles and Southern California and really all the world. Who are we kidding? In this day and age with technology, it is ESPN LA 710. 877-710-ESPN is the number for you to get involved. Do me a favor. You're, you're in your car. Don't put that in your phone. Don't write it down while you're driving on the 405 or the 110, all right? Just get home. Keep memorizing the number. Write it on your arm for next week. It's cool. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. You want to follow me on Instagram, it's Dave underscore Denholm, spelled as you might imagine my last name would be. We go to Eric in Studio City. Eric, you're next up on Soccer Weekly. What's going on, man? Hey, just curious thoughts about the academy system and if it really pays out as opposed to just, you know, acquiring talent. Uh, you mean like for MLS teams more so, yeah. right? Um, it, look, it has paid out with some teams, Eric. I mean, look at FC Dallas. They're loaded. They have the best academy in America, hands down. My LA Galaxy's academy is very good, but FC Dallas is at another level right now with their academy program. So it has worked for certain teams. RSL does a great job with the academy in, in Arizona. The, the Galaxy Academy has been very good, has provided some fine players. But here's the thing. The problem becomes... It's still not up to – we're not producing enough Landon Donovans and Christian Pulisic. And I know that – no kidding, Denholm. That's not easy to do. Well, I get that. I'm not sitting here telling you we're expecting 50 of uh, Landon Donovan every year. That's ridiculous. He's special. But we're not producing enough top-quality players where we, we – realistically, DPs in the MLS are going to have to be – continually a source from outside the United States. And you know what? It's getting more and more like that. And that's fine. I got no problem with that. I want the best team on the field for the LA Galaxy. I don't care if they were born in West Covina or West Angola. I don't care. Get me the best 20 players we can every night, best 18 to put on the roster every game, and let's go win. That's all that matters to me. 
But the academies, look, some of them are better than others in MLS, just like some clubs are better than others. Philadelphia Union has a school they're putting kids in, not just an academy. They're actually going to class. That is a great idea. Philadelphia Union as a club is doing it right on that level. They can't get it right on the pitch. And isn't that what matters? So, yeah, it's all well and good to talk about the Galaxy Academy and LA Galaxy 2. Unfortunately, most of the time I've seen my LA Galaxy on the pitch, they look like LA Galaxy 2 this year. That's the problem. (laughs) And I'm starting to realize why some of the players for LA Galaxy had a 2 behind the team they played for last season. Unfortunately. But that's, that's the breaks. That's the way it goes. And you still have to build that. And the Galaxy are doing a fine job with it. They really are. They're producing talent. That's all you can ask. Hopefully they start producing more Jossie Zardes and more Landon Donovans eventually. And then it becomes easier and easier to then cherry pick for that perfect designated player. That perfect big spend who takes you to that next level. Stoppage time! Stoppage time! Right now! Mario Rees, every time we do a new segment here, it becomes my favorite segment. It's stoppage time! Yeah, stoppage time. It's my favorite right here. (laughs) Hit me up, brother. What's going on? I mean, we've all heard about this terrible story by now. Orioles outfielder Adam Jones, subject to racial taunts while playing in Boston against the Red Sox. Jones said a fan threw peanuts at him. He was called the N-word a handful of times. I mean, come on, Dave. Come on. It's disgusting. Disgusting, right? You know what? And the problem is, Mario, we see that way too often in world football, too. And especially in Europe, I'm being frank about it, it happens way too – look, happening once in America at a baseball game or at a football game or whatever, NBA, is too many times, right? Happening once. And we know it happens more than once, unfortunately. Well, in Europe, it's, it's happening all the time as well, frankly. Or too often. I won't say all the time. But uh, there's a story of Suli Montari in the uh, Italian Syria. Ah, This story is just amazing. Suli Montari goes over to talk to a fan who is absolutely giving him racist taunts, right? Suli Montari is an African player getting racist taunts, right? Okay. And he walks over. He's for, he plays for Pescara. He's playing Cagliari in Syria. Walks over to, to confront the fan, not rudely, but to, you know, and gets a yellow card what? from the referee. Wow. For trying to stop racism. And according to a story in TheGuardian.com, he actually gave the jersey, his jersey, off his back to a fan who was taunting him. To oh, try wow. to, Now, that's some great sportsmanship yeah. to, to maintain your poise like Suli Montari did there. So let's hope everybody can handle like Adam Jones and Suli Montari have done, and let's just hope it stops immediately. Yes. Immediately. All right, check this story out. FIFA is running an interesting experiment in the UEFA Women's Under-17 Championship Finals. They want to change the order of penalty kicks taken by teams in the shootouts. Mm. So the the trial system was going to work like this. So the first team, Team A, is going to have the first kick. The second kick is Team B. The third kick, Team B again. I like it. It's like a snake draft almost. Yeah, yeah, for those that play, you know – for those that play uh, fantasy sports, I like they it. know what a snake draft is like. You know, yeah. no, I, I do. I think that's a good idea because it puts even more intrigue into the system. You know, yeah. because w- whether you feel like the first team to go has more of an advantage or the second team has a, a tougher, 
I like this. It kind of mixes it up. I got no problem with that. This one, I, I give my full approval, Mario. Let's get that at the big birthday of the week, though. This is a, this is the big story of the week. Oh, in celebration of David Beckham's forty <laughs> second birthday. Forty two never looks so good right? as it does on David Beckham, huh? Man. Do you have any personal stories about uh, Beckham when he was here playing with the Galaxy? I do. It was the day he was announced, Mario. One of the biggest press concerts I've ever seen. Oh, hundreds I remember. And hundreds over at, uh, at StubHub Center at the time. Yes. And I went to the. They had broke up the press conference into different rooms. There were so many people from all over the world, right? So the LA Galaxy knows me and they know I'm covering the team at the time. I was also a season ticket holder. David Beckham is sitting from where Jesse is to me, five feet away in a, in a press conference room. Uh-huh. They give me the first question. I say, David, he's coming from Real Madrid to the Galaxy who were struggling. I say, David Beckham, how does it feel like to go from the best team in Europe to the worst team in America? And he looks at me and he says, yeah, we'll see if that lasts. And he gets so ticked off. And I knew right then and there he was going to be a success in Major League Soccer, Mario. There you go, Dave. This is Soccer Weekly. That's Mario Rees. That's Jesse Lopez. I'm Dave Denholm. And you are listening to the best soccer program. It is the home of soccer in all of Southern California and America, ESPN LA 710.